0: Welcome back to the Rock This Life podcast, season one, episode two. I'm your host, Lindsay Miller, and today's guest is a former dancer-choreographer who has worked with Adam Lambert, Prince, Patti LaBelle, pretty much everyone. She's appeared in numerous films and TV shows and also starred in the LA company of the Broadway hit Wicked. Wicked. She has now reimagined her life and career and herself as a transformational coach, an Intuit, and an energetic alchemist. She is the co founder of Awake and Soulful and a dear friend of mine, Gina Starbuck. So, Gina and I met a long time ago in a different life as dancers. Um, and today we'll sit down and talk about her journey into motherhood and, you know, what it's like to look back on our lives as dancers that do really feel like a different lifetime ago um, and how to sort of uh, marry who you are now with who you used to be and just talk about her journey and how she became a transformational coach and into it, whatever that means. Uh, I'm like a pseudo believer in all things metaphysical, so it it should be fun to dive into these. Thank you so much, Gina, for being here today. Can you tell everyone where to find you on social media?
1: Yes. So social media, super duper, duper easy, uh, at Gina Starbuck on Instagram. Awesome. I love it. Now
0: I have to mention you recently posted on your Instagram, the 15th anniversary of wicked, which you actually started in the original LA company of wicked how is that like realizing a that we're old and b (laughs) (laughs) this like flashback to what almost may feel like a former life of yours oh gosh
1: nostalgia (laughs) a little bit you know um Gosh, that's a loaded question. I think it kind of hit me. I didn't even really realize that like this 15th year anniversary of Wicked Walkout thing was approaching. <laughs> um, and it's been almost that long since the LA company happened. Uh, gosh, you're right. I mean, it really is. It does feel like another lifetime. Like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure. I'm still, I think, processing some of that. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's hard to process. You know, like I, we have a similar story in terms of. I also worked in the dance industry, and when I look back and I see videos or I see pictures or I reconnect with people from that life, I literally feel like I'm a different
1: person than that person. Yes, very yeah. much so. I think now I'm also sort of in this like reintegration space. Mm -hmm. My daughter is a little over two and I think it took nearly two years for me to just transition, like to fully transition into motherhood and kind of sink into who I am now And now that things are more in flow and I'm feeling, you know, more like me, this new version of me, not Mm -hmm. the old me, I'm kind of reintegrating. Like just the other day I put on heels and makeup and like a really cute outfit. (laughs) And it wasn't because I wanted to be vain, but it was just like, oh, this stuff is fun for me, like to get dressed up. Yeah. And to like express myself in that way. Yeah. So it's just funny that that the wicked thing is coming back around because I am in this phase of like, okay, what parts of the old me are important to me enough to kind of like bring into (laughs) the new me? You know what I mean? Because I think like, I don't know, for me anyway, and I think for a lot of moms, we go through that space where we just like we are so new that maybe we just shut everything out like every mm-hmm. aspect of who we used to be
0: and yeah. then
1: it gets to a point where it's like okay maybe I don't need to completely close that door I can like let little things trickle over so I, yeah. I agree That
0: totally resonates with me I feel like it's so overwhelming For a lot of moms, it's like all of a sudden in one moment and, you know, they say they're like, oh, your life changes when you have kids or your priorities change or everything changes. It's like, no, (laughs) legit. In one moment in time, you are now labeled with a completely different identity. Yeah. Right. All of a sudden you're a mom. Yeah, And you have no idea what that means and what that means for you. And you're like, I know this other person that I was, but now I'm this person and who is this person and who am I and what am I doing and what does the world mean? Yes. Very (laughs) overwhelming. (laughs) To say the least. Yeah. So for you, if, uh, let's go back to that journey a little bit for you. So when you got pregnant with Jade, your daughter, Were you expecting to get pregnant? Like, what was that (laughs) like for you?
1: Hmm, Expecting? Yes and no. So I, you know, am an intuit. Some people say psychic. And I knew she was coming. Like, she had been kind of, her soul had been speaking to me for years. Like, probably five years before I got pregnant. And I knew she was going to be a girl. Like, I knew her name would be Jade. I had visions of what she would look like. But what does it mean when you say she was like? I'm
0: fascinated by this because I'm like a like a pseudo believer. I'm like, okay, I hear you. I hear that you believe in all this, but like I'm also a massive skeptical human being. What do you mean when you say she was speaking to you for five years? She was coming to me like if very like visions or dreams or like. You saw people, and you should probably go to the hospital and get medicated for hallucinations. I'm not (laughs) sure.
1: (laughs) No, not at all. The first vision came to me when I was on an airplane. I was traveling, you know. Obviously, like we're looking back at my old life, it involved a lot of traveling all over the world to dance and teach choreograph. And I just up to that point. I I knew I wanted to be a mom, but I always thought I would adopt. I didn't think Mm. that I would like physically bear children. I just had this thing. I was like, I'm not going to do it. I will adopt. There's so many kids out there that need a mom, which is amazing. And I still may do in the future, but I just had this vision and I was on the plane and I had this vision of me and this little girl sitting on an airplane together and I'm holding her hand and I look her in the eyes and I'm like, that is my daughter, like my physical (laughs) child. I gave birth to her. And in the vision, she was like, probably between like three and five hard to say I mean it was a vision okay <laughs> but I was just like all right that's her and then from that moment forward I just kept feeling her like hearing her and then I started you know because I am not skeptical of this stuff I, I would have a dialogue with her because her little soul was like telling me I want to come I want to be your child I want to be with you like I'm uh-huh. ready and I kept telling her, you have to wait. Like, I'm not ready. So please just <laughs> yeah. wait. Just, please. <laughs> yeah. Just wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And then when I met her dad, Marlon, he had a vision of her too. <laughs> like, wow. And some people would be like, Is oh. that like first date conversation? Like, Hey, <laughs> so just so you know, <laughs> not too long after I'm like, it was early. Like I want to really? say it was like maximum two months into our relationship. Wow. He's like, okay, I don't want to freak you out at all. Oh, he brought it up. Yeah. But awesome. I had this vision of this little girl. I was like waking up with her in the morning and I was giving her affirmations. And I know that this is our, our daughter. <laughs> Why? <What? laughs> <laughs> hmm, <laughs> funny that you say that because, and what I had kept telling her, like, like not too long before I met him it had shifted not to like I'm not ready but to I need to meet your dad <laughs> like I haven't <laughs> this, met the right dad can't yet. happen yet <laughs> and it's a
0: logistical problem so,
1: <laughs> yeah so he and I were still kind of for a couple months telling her to wait and then it got to a point where I'm like all right she's knocking at the door like I could just feel a lot of my like intuitive stuff isn't necessarily like I don't hear voices or like you know physically see beings, right. but a lot of it's just like a feeling like an okay. internal knowing and i was just like she's knocking at the door like she's really anxious and so we decided we were just gonna leave it up to her hmm. like we were gonna not necessarily try to get pregnant but we were not gonna not you try you were not not trying <laughs> yeah so you were, yeah and, and no joke like as soon as we said that like we both spoke out loud to her like when you're ready come on through Next came on period, Miss <laughs> I was pregnant. Like Message was- <laughs> received.
0: For those of you listening at home, if you have sex and you're not trying to get pregnant, but you're not not trying to be pregnant, <laughs> you will probably get pregnant because that's how it works. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. Um, so, you know, make sure that's you're ready. Awesome. But then it's like, are you ever really ready? No, nobody's ready. <laughs> yeah. Because we were, Marlon and I were so early in our relationship. Like we got pregnant like six months into right. dating. Yeah. So that's a whole and other. And you and Marlon thing. are not married, right? No, yeah, <laughs> we that- haven't even had time to get right. married. Like <laughs> right. we got pregnant, we had Jade, and it's like it's a, a topic of conversation. Yeah. But we're just like, let's keep our focus on her and all of yeah. that. And well, imagine that's hard, you know.
0: Like, because for me, for my experience, you know, I'm in my third kid now, and every time we have a child, because we just keep having children, because <laughs> uh, we've not quite learned the lesson that if you're not trying, but you're not not trying, you will get a baby um <laughs> it kind you know children act like a giant magnifying glass to like any little cracks in your relationship oh my gosh so you yes. can imagine <laughs> like for us like there are many times and seasons in our relationship over the past like six years where we've clung to our vows where it's like for better for worse like we're in the (laughs) worst baby we're but we're gonna we're gonna muscle through because we made that promise and I know a lot of people don't you know hold tightly to the vows or like the idea of vows but for me personally it's hard to imagine going through that whole new baby chaos of that in a relationship (laughs) that isn't you know that that is a relatively new relationship like that must have been a lot well and it still is to
1: be honest you know it's like we we are still building the foundation of our relationship really Mm -hmm. and we simultaneously (laughs) are nurturing and nourishing and human being (laughs) yeah and it's just been nuts but you know we truly like believe that all is in divine order and while we haven't made like you know legal marriage vows right. like our vow is her yeah you know? <laughs> like yeah. really you made one you made a, you yeah. made a human vow yeah <laughs> and that doesn't mean you know everybody's relationship are different right. like i don't want to say that that means that you're like <laughs> yeah. You have to stay together. But well you're kinda gonna have to well, yeah. at least in some way. <laughs> totally. I mean we'll <laughs> stay always stay in a relationship. We'll for, always be yeah. her parents. We'll always be <laughs> co-parenting her. But it, it has been difficult to say the least. Yeah. But it's also been really beautiful, you know, it's like we have learned so so so. Oh much. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like from each other, because of each other, with each other. And I'll say he has been, you know, like without him, I don't know where I would be. Like any other, like uh, any other man or no man, you know, any other way. Who knows? Because it it was hard. Like my early postpartum journey, especially, I know you've, you've dealt with like a little bit of postpartum postpartum depression, right? I don't know if that's something you talked about about all the time. Yeah. But I certainly had some and like his support and his ability to just like hold the space and be present and be understanding mm. and even when he's like what is she doing <laughs> like she I can, can see it. Greg, right? I can see him like what is going on and he's terrified yeah. you know some yeah. of those early days I could see his it's fear scary. He, yeah he he's like what happened to her like right. wh- well, where'd she go yeah like <laughs> you know,
0: you, know you, you and I are both similar in the very independent strong women like I can do it myself and all of a sudden to see this woman who's like so strong and so proud be so vulnerable yeah. and so unsure of themselves and so lost is like I imagine very overwhelming. For it was for my husband, and I can imagine from our life yeah. it's the same.
1: Yeah, but I saw his fear and simultaneously his like commitment to just be there. Yeah. And, like make it through. I'm like about yeah. to cry because I haven't really revisited oh, yeah. a lot of that like really early stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's know, hard so much. Lot. Yeah. Yeah. But but
0: like so- support is so incredibly important. And that's kind of what I'm imagining your experience going through that and having the support of Marlon and, and maybe not the support that you needed has inspired what you're doing now.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. So I will talk a little bit about what I'm doing now. So yes, my journey, you know, was so different. First of all, the expectation thing has to be touched on to even get to where I am now. You know, I sort of expected while I was pregnant. I, I had this idea that like I would give birth and 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 also I was committed to I know you had a similar yeah. experience too I was committed to a natural birth I did hypnobirthing mm-hmm. and I was like you know I'm gonna have this beautiful we did we were a home birth to <laughs> start be rainbows and flowers yeah, and, and unicorns these, yeah. and magical <laughs> and the harps are gonna sing yes. from the heavens yes and all these feel-good hormones and <laughs> blah 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 and then I'm just gonna go like right back to like yeah. my same weight and like oh, I'm yeah. gonna hop right back into choreography and teaching yeah. and And going on auditions and like all this stuff. And then it was like we had some birth trauma (laughs) and I had an unplanned C section and had all these issues breastfeeding early on and then had postpartum depression, like all this stuff. And not only that, but like even that aside, I feel like even if my birth had gone like the way that I had expected, I came out on the other side so different. Like my desires were different. I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't, even if I was back to 115 pounds and, you know, like felt energized enough to even go on an audition. Like, I don't want that. That's not who I am. Like, I just want to be with my child. Like, I just want to be with her. That's all I wanted, especially for the first, like, you know however many yeah months so there was in- oh,
0: i was gonna say it's interesting because uh, i just interviewed a good friend of mine dr heather hirsch who's a menopause and women's health specialist and she was at this convention where a leading uh neurologist was actually talking about the female brain and how when we go through childbirth and childbearing our brain actually rewires wow and like the pleasure centers in our brain become harder to turn on and the areas of our brain where we focus on the needs and the necessities and the world around us actually becomes hypervigilant, which wow. makes sense because yes. as mothers, our job is to protect and to sort of have our eyes and all these different things. And it's why as females, like we can multitask, you know, multitask to the max. And men just don't have that ability yeah. to do more than one thing at <laughs> a time. And it's, it's interesting because like you said, you come out and you feel like a different person because actually physiologically, in some ways you Are absolutely.
1: I mean, you know, and not only like the wiring of the brain, but like there's just all these biological things that happen. You know, I think about, (laughs) yeah, the hormones. Like, I think about, you know, with the breastfeeding, like having moments early on when like I would take a couple of hours away or whatever, and like literally I would leak while yes. she was getting her bottle of pumped milk like, it's just so wild that like we have such yeah a deep, we're not physically deep...
0: designed to even be able to be away from that yeah
1: yeah and you have to like for me I had to learn to be okay with that and and so that's kind of what has brought me to this work is that like everybody's journey no matter who you are, what you do, like whether you end up going back to work and being more of a career mom or like a stay at home mom or a mix of both, which is what Mm -hmm. I've like sort of ended up doing. And whether you're in a relationship or you're not in a relationship, like all the exterior factors aside, like everybody's journey has unexpected elements and everybody Mm -hmm. has to go through the journey. And I was like talking with you a little bit about this before in our culture, in our society, there's no real honoring of the journey of Mm -hmm. the transitional space. There's not a lot of support out there that says you are going to change. You are going to shift. You are going to transition. You're going to redefine who you are. Mm -hmm. Your brain is rewiring all these things. And I'm here to hold space for you to do that safely and with support and with understanding Mm -hmm. and with validity because even with our partners, you know, like you said, they don't their brains aren't the same. They're Mm -mm. not wired like us. And as much as they want to support, they don't they just don't always get it. Yeah. You know? (laughs) So I've really been called to create this integrated, you know, really high value, I say and high intensity to some extent program Mm -hmm. for moms you know i say new moms but really like the range is like usually early postpartum to like three or four years old any moms that are really still in that space where they're questioning like who even am i anymore (laughs) and to help support and reconnect like redefine what what is truth for you now who are you now and how can you be like solid in that truth and in that presence so that you're not feeling completely like you know the word that's coming up is out of control (laughs) to some extent we always feel a little out of control because that's the nature of motherhood but yeah (laughs) there's that and there's like a lot that goes with it but the other thing that this this program like really helps with is kind of tuning out the external and internal noise because the major, major thing I've learned in my like work and research now with myself and with other moms is that this mom guilt Mm. thing is real. It is so so real. real. And I'm not here to say that like it will never happen because that would be complete BS. Mm -mm. It's part of the process, especially if you care, you know, (laughs) if you care about your experience and your child's life. But there are ways to, you know, deal with that and continue to always reset to like your intuition, that yeah. part of you that is infinitely, you know, wise and ever connected to yeah. the there is and your child and yeah. be with that. So that that like your internal voice is the loudest voice that you hear.
0: Yeah, it's so true because I feel like in this digital age of raising children, it's so hard because, A, we're so disconnected from having like a physical village of actual support, yet we're so overconnected to all of this advice and opinion and all of this noise out there that it's so hard to really feel supported because you're there's this desperate need to seek Support and advice from others. And, th- you know, that's why women in villages used to have like a whole village that would help them raise their children. Yeah. And now we try to create this village, but what we end up with is just this overwhelming amount of different opinions and advice you know you ask one question on a mommy board and you'll get like 700 oh my gosh. very yes. strong responses as to what you can do and <laughs> what you cannot do and what you should do and what you shouldn't do and what you should feel <laughs> guilty about and you should be guilty that you feel guilty about it and it's like oh why uh, did I yeah. ask this was not helpful totally. you know? so it's you know quieting that noise I think is such A valuable thing that a lot of moms don't have access to even how to begin to do that. So in your program, like, how do you help these moms
1: do that? It caters to individual needs. So it's, you know, it's, there are things within the program that are you know, used for everybody like common threads. So mm-hmm. there are practices and processes and guided meditations that we're talking about the brain. I'm also trained in NLP, which is neurolinguistic okay. programming. And it's a way to rewire uh. neurology. So like one thing we do in the program, this is really fun, is we set an anchor. So okay. we do this. NLP process and an anchor is just like, uh, you could touch, you know, a part of your body, you connect with an emotion, like whatever it is that you want to feel in those high anxiety moments Mm -hmm. or those moments of overwhelm, you connect with that feeling. So say it's a sense of deep peace or connection with your power or, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then you set the anchor, the physical anchor, and it, it wires the brain so that every time that you do that anchor, even mm. if you're in like the most chaotic moment, your brain fires to connect with uh-huh. those feelings. So that's one thing that yeah. we do you're like literally telling your brain calm down. yeah <laughs> calm down. yeah I mean it's it's like taking a deep breath but yeah. like a step further, you know, because everyone will say like, oh, just take a breath. And when you're in the thick of it, you're like, oh, I'm trying to take a (laughs) breath. So, you know, there's that, there's just a lot of processes and practices to just, it's like, it's working with not just the brain, but like your cellular body, your energetic body, your chakra system to Mm -hmm. just reset to that space of like deep, deep, deep connection so that you're there. Like you just you go back there. And there's a lot of different ways that we can do that. There's the energetics, there's the neurology, there's the actual, like, verbal conversations that need mm-hmm. to be had. I was just listening to um, the book, The Whole Brain Child, this morning. Yeah. Have, I'm sure you. Great book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were talking about, you know, like, research shows that just by giving your right brain, your emotional brain, a voice, just by giving a name to an emotion, like those parts of your brain that would be hyper firing mm-hmm. and overactive, they settle down. Yeah. So a lot of it is just coming together and having that space to talk about it. Yeah. Um, it sounds so simple. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know? I mean, but it, no, it's true. It is, just, you know, like I had with with my postpartum it was mostly anxiety and panic attacks, and that's one of the things. It's interesting. One of the things that my therapist had me do that actually I felt like worked was just acknowledging. The fear or anxiety and so whenever i was feeling like i was having a panic attack trying to really center in on like i'm afraid of or i'm Mm -hmm. worried about z and like literally saying it out loud and you feel like a crazy person because you are kind of a crazy person when you do it (laughs) but it kind of takes the power away from that anxiety and takes your brain and says i hear you you can stop freaking out about that like i've acknowledged it i put it out there and like we know that that's a fear and Now let's move on.
1: Yeah. And society says that that's crazy, but really like that's, that's healthy. Right. (laughs) Right. And part of this too is like, just, you know, kind of re, what's the word? Redefining what motherhood even is Mm -hmm. like, what's okay. And what, isn't okay really i i say what isn't okay but there's nothing that isn't okay because it's right. like we well i we're, mean we're, well dss um, may disagree well, oh, don't oh, yeah. shake your baby <laughs> well yeah you know what i mean but <laughs> like, Aside oh. from actual abuse
0: <laughs> so you're talking about like you know like whether you vaccinate whether you don't whether you like
1: stay at home or you work you breastfeed you bottle feed all of those exactly things that we get judged on Yeah. And even the things where like you have an emotion and you speak about it. Right. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Like you're human and you should and you should speak about it. So, you know, that's a lot of it. Just like really um, validating the process. And then we look a lot at the energetics of like, you know, when... Things happen in our own childhood and even like mm-hmm. what happened to our mothers with their parents or our fathers with their parents. Like if we're looking at the DNA, really things mm-hmm. do get past like traumas and, you know, belief systems that might not be the most positive or the most healthy. Mm-hmm. They get like locked into our cells sometimes unconsciously. And it's like, I know for me, a lot of my process of becoming a mom has had to do so much like part of my healing is like healing my own like inner Mm. child stuff, my own mother and father wounds. And I had incredible parents, but, Mm -hmm. but really like none of us come out on skates. Exactly. And when,
0: (laughs) when two people or one person has so much influence on your life, yeah, (laughs) it's impossible not to have those things and that just stick with you. And it's always these really random moments that probably that, you know, your parents don't even put huge stock in, but it, whatever age it happened you feel so yeah deeply connected and affected by whatever it was yeah
1: we look at that a lot and what i'm seeing a lot with the moms i am working with is that there's a hyper awareness of like the negative things that have happened like in in their lineage Mm -hmm. but uh no real understanding about how to really break the cycle besides just hold tight to like, I'm not gonna do that, I'm not gonna do that. And that doesn't really serve us either as moms because as moms, like the more locked up we are, the more we're like fighting against something, the the less likely we are to be able to just be ourselves. So that's kind of a big piece that's been coming through and coming into the program too, so.
0: I feel like it's not just the negative too. Like I know for me personally, I grew up in a very different way than my kids are growing up now. And I feel like I had a great childhood in terms of, you know, I grew up in a small, idyllic little town with big houses and big yards and great schools and really strong community. And meanwhile, I'm raising my kids, three kids in a one bedroom apartment in a very urban area of Los Angeles where we get to walk everywhere and do all this stuff. But like my kids don't see trees and flowers. They see Cars and billboards and giant yeah. buildings and and so there's like a part of me that has this anxiety over, you know the the childhood that I had mm-hmm. versus the childhood I'm giving my kids and are they gonna look fondly on this when yeah. they get older because it's so different from what
1: I expect it to look like totally you know, and it's like holding to those things yeah totally and I think every mom goes through that and really you know the a big thing that we touch on too in the program is that truly, if you take all the exterior away, like not only biologically, but spiritually, energetically, emotionally, we are so deeply tuned into our kids. It is insane. Mm how connected and tuned in we are to them. So a lot of what Marlon and I do with Jade is like when I find myself in that space of like, am I doing it right for her? Was this good enough for her? Mm -hmm. Like, is she okay? I just, well, now she's very verbal. Like, so sometimes we just have the conversation. The older they get, the more they'll tell you. Well, and she's (laughs) been like, she's a little chatterbox. Like she's, it's crazy how much she talks, but we just made the choice that we would always like tune into her like what is Mm. it that she wants and what is it that she needs and sometimes we're not able to give her exactly that thing right (laughs) but it's like i think sometimes as moms we get so caught up in that like what do we want it to be how do we want it to look what worked for us Mm. like what does society say we should do what do our moms say we Mm -hmm. should do and we forget that like we have access to them like right, this little human <laughs> to their desires some, yeah. and their needs so a lot of like healing happens in that space too when we can like yeah. kind of get out of the way and just let them be the guide like, yeah yeah be the guide
0: So that's a big piece. But it's such a flip, you know, Mm -hmm. because as a parent, especially as a mom, you feel like you need to be in control of it all. Like you're the gatekeeper. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's you're running the schedule. You're deciding you're the one that has to make sure everything's Yeah, Yeah. It's like your job is to protect and to nurture and to care for. And so it's hard to say, you know what? They'll just tell me this little baby <laughs> yeah. that can't talk and can't do anything and cries and I have no idea why, but it just cries a lot. Like this defenseless little baby can be my guide. And yeah, you're like it's just everything in like your rational brain is like, yeah, but no, totally, no, that's <laughs> not how it works. But it's so true that like they really can be incredibly powerful if you let them guide they are
1: and if we're looking at like the energetics of it like the spiritual aspects of it like they're especially when they're little babies Mm -hmm. they're kind of like still in between worlds so they're like very aware they're so much more tuned in to Mm -hmm. like the energetics of things than we are yeah you know so like giving them that space and giving them that voice I think is really healthy but you're right it's it's not easy and it's yeah definitely a lot more difficult for some than others and in some moments than others and of course that being said there's a balance you know you're not going to go like right. you know like sometimes <laughs> the actually you will
0: let me know well sometimes
1: <laughs> like sleep. marlon and i run up against each other sometimes because he'll be like like the sleep stuff yeah. you know like the nights he puts her to bed he's like well she doesn't want to go to sleep uh. like and i'm like okay oh yeah I get what you're saying but, but of course she doesn't want to go to sleep because she's a toddler and everything's yeah. fun to her especially you and like can we just look at the long-term effects yeah <laughs> like if we're not always letting just... her sleep yeah and you know there's a balance though because there's some nights yeah. that like she doesn't go to sleep till really late and she's still fine like she wakes yeah. up the morning she's still in a good mood so you know it's it's like yeah. Like I said, like really being able to tune in and like always reset to that truth, like that, you know, and you know, like, especially as a mom, you get this, like, I see it, the energetics of it, like our third eyes, which is like our intuition. They open like, well, our hearts, especially are like, but our third eyes get more open and like more laser focused. And if we can really like always reset to that and just trust, like, and you know, you can feel it in your body. Like you can feel when something is true for you. Mm. And when it's, like, just an idea that came on you from this or that source, you know what yeah. I mean? So, like, my work is in helping moms to identify what is true for you, you know? Yeah. And, like, trusting that.
0: I love it. Yeah. So you do this, you have NLP, You it, all of this is sort of encompassed under what you call, like, transformational coaching for these yeah. moms in this transition. And then you also do Reiki, like,
1: what is... <laughs> Reiki, Reiki does play into the program too. Reiki, uh, I just whacked your table. Um, <laughs> Reiki at its core, like the translation of Reiki, is universal life force, like universal life energy. You can translate it different ways. Okay. Uh, it's a practice that I believe has been happening since the beginning of time. It's just becoming a trans, uh, a transfer, becoming a channel and transferring energy, and. Um, <clears throat> Anyone can do it, but there was this man in Japan, like in the early 1900s, named makao Sui, who, okay. who sort of defined this, like put it on paper, gave it a name, started teaching people like how to do it, mm-hmm. created, you know, these rituals that helped to kind of like activate the energy in people. But really all it is, is a transfer of energy, of positive energy. There's nothing negative about it there's nothing religious about it you know it's not like witchcraft it's not (laughs) anything like that (laughs) like Reiki can do no harm and actually Reiki is being used in hospitals now like the last time I checked it was over 800 U.S. hospitals wow but I'm sure at this point it's a lot more because I was like four or five years ago okay and you know it works with the physical emotional mental and spiritual bodies Mm. and everybody experiences it differently because it's energy you know like right. it's a flow of energy so some people's responses will be massive other people will just feel like a sense of calm and warm come over them but hmm. it's a really beautiful practice
0: so what does it look like <laughs> what does it look like when you're doing reiki is it like you're like physically touching somebody or like you're just like
1: energetically sending some positive be, energy to them or i what is it can be what either is it? it can be either or both so okay Dependent upon if you're a Reiki level one practitioner, which is like basic healing for self and others, it's it's pretty much going to be hands on or just really near the body, like in the aura. Mm-hmm. But when you're attuned to Reiki level two, that's distance Reiki. So at that point you can do like I do sessions with people that are in New York or, you know, wherever, like mm-hmm. over the phone. And the mastery is really about teaching people to do it but it looks differently just dependent upon what it is the work that i'm doing in the program is all distance healing okay like on a we get on zoom calls and oh. <laughs> and do it that way or oh. over the phone awesome. but it works just the same because if you're looking at energy it, it knows no bounds you know yeah. and there's like a lot of scientific proof about that just about how you know like i'm thinking of this particular study i don't even know what it's called where like a group of scientists took a group of monkeys on like one continent and they introduced like a new behavior Mm -hmm. and then sure enough they checked in on these monkeys like on another continent across the world and the monkeys across the world were doing the same behavior which was never done before wow yeah (laughs) pretty incredible (laughs) it's like you know there's this interconnectedness to all of us and like
0: interesting yeah it's like um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about, um, just like switch gears completely in terms of going into your journey a little bit, cause I think it's valuable mm-hmm. for other people that may be in a similar situation. You came from a career where your physical body <laughs> was, yeah, I know. And you know where this conversation is going and it's yes. a conversation nobody wants to have, mm-hmm. but like your physical body is, was the definition of your work. Yeah. Yeah. And so when your physical body grows and changes and changes some more and then doesn't change back, (laughs) (laughs) it can be really hard. Um, So how have you managed through like just in terms of coming to terms with this new body that you have and, and how you feel about yourself and your body and body image and all of that dealing with pregnancy and postpartum?
1: That is a very loaded question I once know. again. Sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, no, it's good. You're right. It's really important stuff to talk about. I think it's been a lot of different things for me, and it's come in phases and come in waves, and it's like right when I think I've kind of fully transcended this body image thing, something else pops up. Um, I, we'll I'll talk about where I am currently, <laughs> and then maybe I can backtrack a little bit. So currently... I'm still like, I don't know, 25, 30 pounds more than I was when I got pregnant. And, you know, I know now that I had an issue or have had an am healing an issue with hypothyroidism. Okay. So I learned that during pregnancy, like in my late pregnancy, my thyroid just totally mm-hmm. crashed. And it wasn't until probably five months ago now, six months ago, that I actually finally like figured it out and started oh. treating it. And it was like the thing that was holding me hostage, the thing that was yeah. creating so much exhaustion in my body mm. and like all of this stuff was the exact reason why I wasn't going to get help. I was like, I'm just too tired to deal with it. Oh. that's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. And then when I finally did, it was like everything yeah. changed. I do feel like i I'm still like I'm still breastfeeding and I know for mm-hmm. sure for sure that I'm one of those moms that nobody talks about that holds yeah. f- that stores yeah. fat during breastfeeding. I'm one of those moms. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, and it's like everyone's like, "Oh, you'll breastfeed and you'll just lose no, the weight right away because you're yeah. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> no, not at all. And I know that. And I'm not like clinging to it like, "Oh, as soon as I wean, I'm just going to lose yeah. all this weight." But I think for me just Having the awareness that it is it is a process and that it's a journey and just like always kind of going back to. It's like our the emotions that get tied up in it and like all of the expectations are so big. But when you go back to just the fact that like literally we grew a child inside yes. of our bodies and we birthed a child and now I'm continuing to breastfeed her like that far outweighs (laughs) anything else like i don't know um so that's one piece of it and then the other part is just really like getting to know myself again Mm. i didn't realize how deeply tied up i was in like my body and it's and and like looking a certain way and how Mm -hmm. that brought me like value or how that made me sexy or how that made me even healthy right because Mm -hmm. i used to look healthy like society's definition of healthy you know like I was thin with abs and like tight muscles and everyone thinks that's healthy but I know now that I am incredibly healthy
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and I'm healthy not just physically but like emotionally mentally and spiritually and so just kind of like getting to know myself more and what makes me beautiful just as a being and continuing to remind myself and and think about and be with situations where like I'm bringing value to the world Mm -hmm. and brightness and positivity and love. Like whether I'm this way, whether I was, you know, huge, what I defined as huge (laughs) right after I had my baby, you know, like it's like where my body is at does not in any way correlate to my ability to be in the world and Mm -hmm. be in my quote unquote purpose which is to like inspire people to Mm -hmm. uplift people to help people and like my creativity it definitely took a dip for a while because my creativity I know was so tied up in that too and like well my body is this way and my because my body was like the vehicle for my creativity for so long when Mm -hmm. my body was completely different it was like my creativity was just like (sighs) Yeah, And for me, creativity is like a massive part of my healing of mm. like just who I am. So it was like figuring out how can I be creative in this body and in other mm. ways, because that just a flow of creativity is really like positive and healing. Yeah. Gosh, what else? <laughs> um, also, just my partner, like Marlon, thank God, because I know not every woman has this experience. hmm. But he has never looked at me as anything but the most sexy, beautiful woman in the world, like truly. And I've had mm-hmm. so many moments where I'm like, how do you look at me uh, like yep. that? <laughs> like- Four months postpartum, I feel
0: the same way i'm like why why yeah really honey a no shop is closed right now for at least a couple more months and b (laughs) i don't know how you can find this sexy because i don't find this sexy and it's hard for me to feel sexy when i don't feel like I'm in my own body.
1: Yeah, totally. It's like you I think I've written about this in some post somewhere like you feel like an alien. Like you feel yeah, like you it really you feel like you've been abducted like yeah. in your own body. <laughs> You're like, like
0: I'm in there somewhere yeah.
1: and I don't know
0: where I am. Can I just see my collarbone again? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah. Like something like a shoulder, a hip, I don't know, any sort of part you. of me that's in there. An ab yeah. I'm at that space where I'm like oh my god I can
1: kind of see You're not there for like months.
0: 5 years. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm so with you or like a, a chin like can yeah. I see my like chin see as one like a
0: cheekbone or a <laughs> just anything I'll take anything at this point yeah. yeah I
1: think it's a process like I don't you know I can't really say there's like one thing that I've done that's just like magically made it better yeah <laughs> I think being in therapy too yeah. it's been huge Face therapy yeah and and been important and yeah. you know also just seeking support like you know I host a program for moms and I'm also in a program with my own like life co- mm-hmm. life coach and support system and like there's so much value in that because you don't really I think sometimes we don't realize how much stuff we have that could be like you know kind of rearranged <laughs> so yeah. we get in a space where someone's like okay what's going on with yeah. <laughs> you and then it's like oh wow you
0: yeah know? when you hear it out loud you're like wow I am Not doing what serves me best. Yeah.
1: Oh, one more thing on the body image stuff. Another thing that's been really powerful for me, but also scary as could be, is actually sharing, like... Like Mm. being in my body and and sharing like video footage of me dancing or photographs like I just recently shared a photograph that was taken of me like three weeks postpartum and I'm like mostly naked. An absolutely beautiful picture. If you haven't seen it, you should go to our Instagram (laughs) because it's inspiring
0: and gorgeous. Well, thank you. It took me this
1: long to share that though. Like Mm -hmm. I'm two years now and that was three weeks postpartum and I did it at the time because I was like, yeah, I need to share this. This will be bold. This Mm -hmm. will speak to actually I, I think I did share another image from that photo shoot but maybe one that was like a little less revealing so that's been part of it too because I know that like this may not be true for every woman and that's fine but for me part of my healing is to help to heal others (laughs) like Mm -hmm. the more I can just be in my authentic self and in my journey and be honest and real about it and you know pure the more I feel better and Mm. the more I know like I get messages like every day from moms being like thank you so much for sharing that because it makes me feel like I'm okay it makes me feel like what I'm going through is fine and I'm not yeah yeah and for me that's really powerful and important so
0: agreed well I think what you're doing is incredible is there anything else you want
1: to share hmm No, I think I I I could talk 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 forever. I know, right?
0: (laughs) I could listen to you talk forever. I think it's fascinating. Well, thank you so much for being here. If you guys want to connect with Gina, you can find her on Instagram at Gina Starbuck or go to www.ginastarbuck.com. And I have to be honest, I totally creeped on her Insta stories from the last retreat and it looked amazing. So be sure to check out awakeandsoulful.com to find out more about her spiritual retreats. Thank you guys for listening to the Rock This Life Podcast. Follow us on social media at Rock This Life Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, or go to our website at rockthislifepodcast.com. And if you liked what you heard, please be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. See you next time.